Liberty sees me, it stands by me, and celebrates me for who I am. When I come into the office, I feel that I belong here. I don't have to be corporate America Gabby. I can just bring Gabby to work. Reach your potential and find a job you love at Liberty Mutual. We offer development training, rich benefits, and a culture that lets you bring your whole self to work so you can pursue your tomorrow today. Ready to consider a career at Liberty Mutual? Find out how at LibertyMutualCareers.com. A recent string of scientific studies may have actually proved that a 10,000-year-old alien knows how to manipulate reality. And then we take a look at an absolutely terrifying chain of events. And if this story is true, it spells bad news for anyone who listens to this podcast. Because we're going to take a look to find out if, by investigating gang stalking, you can actually catch the insanity yourself. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys have some awesome plans for the weekend. I know I do. Season 5, Season 5 of Cobra Kai debuts on September 9th. It's not a plug. I'm not getting paid by, I'm not getting paid by anybody, but I've become addicted to that show. Still got a few more episodes to watch before Season 4 is over, so no spoilers, but someone who never spoils anything coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our newest Patreon supporters. Everyone give it up for Leyland. Woohoo! Yeah! Come on in, Leyland. Come on in. He's doing the splits. You guys can't see it. He's doing all these crazy backflips. It's so awesome. Leyland, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. Guys, if you can't support the Patreon, I have a PayPal link in there as well. But if you can't do that, if you can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Trust me, I do. Just help spread the word about the show. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Talk about it online. All of that stuff really, really helps the show grow, and I really appreciate it. Leyland, I'm going to go ahead and karate chop the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible over to you. Hiya! Go ahead and catch them. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to fly all the way out to a research center. We're going to go show them nerds what's what. We're walking around. We have lab coats with the cutoff sleeves. They're all buff. Karate chopping everybody. And after we're arrested and taken to jail and then we post bail and get back out, we're back at the research center wearing disguises like fake mustaches and stuff. So they'll let us back in because we're going to take a look at a very, very bizarre and real phenomenon going on and how it actually may connect to the law of attraction. This is a really weird and cool story. So there have been some recent studies done, recent as in the past couple years. And what scientists have determined is that the human eye, you're not going to believe this, you're not going to believe this, right? Because it's hard to comprehend, but the human eye sees everything with a 15 second delay. And you go, Jason, how is that possible? Someone throws a ball at me. They're not throwing it 15 seconds in the past. It's coming at me right now. I got to catch the ball right now. If I'm in the All Valley Under 18 Karate Tournament, I have to block that kick right now. And I understand. I understand. That's what doesn't make sense to me either. Because we live in a world where things happen instantaneously. However, this is so weird. Research, they've done multiple studies on this. The human eye sees things with a 15 second delay. And... 
scientists kind of knew this going in. This is one of the things that they did studies, and there's been a bunch of studies. You'll see some articles in the show notes talking about this. They've done studies because they've known it to be true. It's something that scientists have go, there's no way that the human eye can actually see things in real time. And this is why. The world is constantly changing. When you're walking down the street, it looks fairly stable. The way the light is shimmering through the branches of the trees and you see the shade falling on a chipmunk and he's running. He's, he's, he's training for his own karate tournament, running down the street, gathering up acorns and stuff. That's what we see. But they said, what is happening in reality is every step you take, every move you make, the sunlight coming through the tree refracts differently or bounces off the leaves a little differently. The shadows are constantly changing. And they said, if you saw the world without this 15-second delay, you it would be akin to a hallucinatory state. Everything would be in constant chaos. And there's a theory that there may be, this may be what people who suffer from like high levels of autism, how they experience the world, the sensory overload, they may not have the delay. That's a theory that hasn't really been tested yet, but I did read that in one or two of these articles. But they said, generally, the human eye has this 15 second delay. And what it does is it actually makes it harder to determine little changes. Because instead of seeing like the light going every time you're walking underneath the tree, it actually smooths out all of that. So you only see the big changes when you're walking underneath this tree. Now, not all their science was tree related. And this is one of those things I'm reading this article and I find it absolutely fascinating when I'm thinking it just doesn't make sense. If someone is attacking me with a pair of nunchucks, I'm not seeing them 15 seconds after my brains are coming out of my ears. But there is this delay. And one of these articles, it was really cool. They said, you can test this. There's actually, uh, I keep talking about the articles in the show notes. There's a couple of YouTube videos that show different experiments that they've done. But there's an experiment you can do at home. And I got up, I walked around my house, and it works. (laughs) Be very, very careful when you do this experiment. They said, if you really want to have an idea of what it could be like without this delay, because it's kind of built into everyone's eyeballs. They said, take a smartphone. I guess you could do it with a camera, but take a smartphone and put it in camera mode and put it close to your eyeballs. So basically, the camera is your eyes. You're looking at the display and the camera is what you would be looking at. And they said, just look at the screen and walk around and turn your head as you're walking around. It's super disorienting because, see, the camera doesn't have that delay. And it's it's a sensory overload. Like you go, but Jason, my eyes have the delay of looking at the video screen. Walk and <laughs> do this very safely. My place is not super safe. I got weights everywhere and for some reason sharp edges. Every single piece of furniture seems like it is designed to crush somebody's temple. Do this in a safe manner and walk around. And it's disorienting. Because your eye, you're seeing a weird... Ver- you're seeing what's real. But... You've seen it without that delay or less of a delay. And what's interesting, again, they've done so many studies on this. One of the studies was they had a close-up of a person's face. Well, multiple people's faces. They had a bunch of people's. And the close-up was so much that you couldn't really see much. You could go from the chin to the eyebrows. But everything else was kind of cropped out. So you didn't see any changes in hair or ears or stuff. That's super noticeable, right? People kind of have a general face about them. 
And they said we would show a clip of 30 seconds of people's faces appearing on screen. And when they and when they finished the test, when they fin- they did this at the University of California, when they finished the test, they go, "What was the last face you saw?" And most of the time, the people described the face that was 15 seconds into the video. Even though they watched the full 30 seconds, their eyes, it's so weird, their eyes, it got that information of the last 15 seconds, but there still was that delay. And it smoothed out everything. So there's little changes, the subtle changes you don't notice. They have a bunch of YouTube videos on stuff like this. It's called Field of Continuity. And one of the, this is hilarious, one of the tests they did was because they've said, you know, this can cause a lot of problems. Um, They were talking specifically about radiologists, so the guys who look at x-rays. And they look at hundreds of x-rays a day. And people have said there is a chance that if you look at 100 x-rays a day, or hundreds of x-rays a day, you're technically, those last 15 seconds of x-rays you didn't see. So they said there could be mistakes where they see a lump when there's not a lump. Because it's on a 15 second ago. I know you're shaking your head. I know you're shaking your head and you're like, Jason, you're obviously getting something seriously wrong. Or you've been reading some really quack websites. No, no, no. These are real studies. These are real studies. Check the show notes. They said that that you will miss stuff. You will actually... (laughs) So basically, always do 15 extra seconds of work if you're a radiologist. One of the things they used to test this was apparently... And this was another uh, other thing they did. I don't know if it was necessarily the field of continuity study, but it was actually kind of funny. What they did was they took a series of x-rays and showed them to radiologists. And in some of them, they drew, they drew a little picture of like a gorilla inside the body. And the radiologist couldn't detect it. Because what they were looking for was like cancerous lumps. They were looking, or broken bones or whatever they were looking at, right? They weren't looking for gorillas. So their brain didn't register there was a gorilla. It wasn't like a cartoon, like a fully colored, like 2D Megilla gorilla. But it was just like, it shouldn't be there. I mean, I don't care if it's a well-drawn representation of a gorilla or just an outline. Gorillas shouldn't be in your x-rays. But they had these little gorillas in there and the radiologists weren't detecting them because they were just kind of looking for these things that they've been trained to look for and they're looking for them pretty quickly. Fascinating scientific study that we're actually seeing things 15 seconds in the past, there's a delay. Now, again, like when you're throwing a baseball, I don't know how all that factors. <laughs> not like every baseball game, they're like, oh, only 15 seconds too short. The score remains 0-0 zero to zero in the 20th inning. Oh, no. Um, obviously, there is some sort of workaround, but I think like as the ball would be spinning towards you, if you didn't have that 15-second delay, you would see every light beam, every thing bouncing off that'd be super chaotic right but if you i'm sure you guys are like oh this is like when you said animals talk to each other in your first episode jason you must be missing something check the show notes if you don't believe me you can always double check and triple check my work i welcome it but the reason why i wanted to talk about this not only is it a crazy science story right this also plays a part in 
One of the law of attraction techniques we talked about a long time ago on this show. Now, back on episode 463, it was How to Hack the Universe was the name of that episode. We were talking about that new app, Randonautica. Think about how old this, how long this show's been on when Randonautica has now been around forever. Episode 463, we were talking about the Randonautica app, which would randomly send you to places and people were finding weird things. This group of teens uncovered a body. They actually got a murderer caught by using Randonautica. And we talked about that, and we talked about this manifestation technique from this... The woman's name is Esther Hicks, but she says that this 10,000-year-old alien is beaming thoughts into her head, which actually goes well into the next story, but this 10,000-year-old alien has basically been a spiritual advisor to Esther Hicks, and she has this program, she has this whole philosophy called the Abram Hicks Manifestation. The Abram Hicks, it's kind of like this, um, what's the right word? Institute. Abram Hicks Institute type thing. We talked about it on that episode. It's one of those things that... I, I I do love the law of attraction. I love how all of that stuff works. I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little iffy on the ten thousand year old alien talking to her, but you know I'm not ruling it out. I'm not absolutely ruling it out that that's impossible considering the other stuff we talked about on this show. It just to me it seems weird, right? Even to a man who records a podcast in his haunted closet, it's a little too weird. But I do believe in the law of attraction. She's a she's like been around longer than the secret. She's a big mainstay in the law of attraction world. I did more. If you want to know more about that, I talked about it on that episode. But one thing I talked about on that episode was the Abram Hicks manifestation technique where, and we did a little test on that episode, where you have to have a positive belief with no negativity coming in. So let's say the positive belief is, I believe that Dead Rabbit Radio is the number one paranormal podcast in the world. I have to think that thought for 17 seconds without any negativity coming in. You have to have that positive thought for 17 seconds. Now, what's interesting about that? I remember reading about that and we taught, we did it on that episode. But when I read this article about the 15-second sight delay, the first thing that popped in my head was that 17-second technique. Because could the two things be related? The idea of law of attraction is to manifest your reality, to change things, and to see the world in a way that it is not. Wallace Waddles, who's my favorite teacher, he's really the guy who got me into Law of Attraction. I just kind of knew it from osmosis, and I was like, well, oh, it's just you wish that you have something, blah, blah, blah. I read his book, I think it was called The Science of Getting Rich. The Science of Getting Rich was the name of the book. And he, he talks about if you can walk around in squalor, you're walking around your dirty house, but yet you believe, despite seeing the rats and the cockroaches and the rotten banana peels, you see yourself in a mansion, if you can actually see past reality, you are a mastermind because you have mastered your mind. You're seeing something that is not reality, and then reality will correct itself to match your vision. It's super interesting, right? And here we have this Abram Hicks technique, which the 17 seconds... And I don't, Abram, Abram Hicks, I, when I read her works, or his works, being the alien dude, 
I don't remember any 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 connections to the scientific study. These scientific studies, even though the theory was around for a while, these are all like post-2020. The Abram Hicks manifestation technique is much older than that. And basically, you see with a 15-second delay, but you're perceiving reality with a 17-second time span. Like you're actually seeing two seconds past the delay. You are seeing, as far as your eyes are concerned, into the future. Now, they say you have to do 17 seconds, and the best thing to do is to do 17 seconds multiple times in a row to get up to, I think it was 68 seconds. But still, I mean, you figure if you do it four times in a row, I don't know the math, I don't know the math, 68 divided by 17, but if you add two seconds up each time, you're still beating that delay. If you have a 15-second delay, but you can see 17 seconds into the future, how does that not not work, right? How does that not work against the universe? You're uh, you're seeing ahead of that delay. It's fascinating theory, right? We have the world of science, which is not talking about 10,000-year-old aliens floating around, saying there is a 15-second delay, and then we have this person, Abram Hicks, or this institute, Abram Hicks, that's talking about you have to see, you have to believe something positively for 17 seconds. And both of those are pretty, both of those, as far as I know, have always been unconnected. This might be the first podcast that is really talking about this thing, probably because it's so insane. But yeah, just fascinating. Can you beat the delay? Like, if you have that 15-second delay, but you're seeing 17 seconds into the future, you're create you are creating reality for two seconds. You haven't perceived that reality yet. And then if you do that multiple times, that is adding up. Fascinating fascinating story science and paranormal combining i love it i love it so much Leyland, let me know how your results go whether you use this law of attraction tip or you're walking around your house with your smartphone and you end up breaking your thumbs hopefully not the last one Leyland, let's go ahead and toss you the key i see he's wearing those thumb casts Leyland, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter we are leaving behind nerd headquarters we're gonna head all the way out too a sleepy town somewhere in America. Doing the show's hard sometimes. Doing the show gets kind of hard sometimes. Because on the one hand, I'm making it for me, right? On the one hand, like, I have to be entertained by it. And sometimes I just really find myself in a groove. Some may call it a rut, right? Some people may go, dude, you've covered a lot of gang-stalking stuff recently. But... I just find it so interesting. I, I Don't get me wrong. I love it all. Paranormal and ghosts and aliens and demons and cryptids and all that stuff. I love that stuff. But gang stalking is really where you... I talk a lot about mundane paranormal stuff. You know, people waking up and their bedroom's completely black. Or, you know, just like these... Th th that's it, right? That's the end of the paranormal phenomenon. It's not that they disappeared forever, which I do love those stories. I mean, I feel sympathy for their families. But I also like the mundane paranormal stories. And for me, gang stalking kind of sits in that realm where we have people who are in, insane, right? These people are suffering from some sort of mental illness. So much so that their world, their daily life has almost become paranormal. There's a worldwide conspiracy out to get them. Right. It's just this weird thing. And sometimes it involves ghosts. Sometimes it involves demons or aliens based, I think, on their own personal philosophy on what they believe pulls the strings of the universe. 
that's what gang stalks him. It's a fascinating phenomenon. And then on, what was it, Wednesday's episode, or no, actually I think it was yesterday's episode, we talked about a guy who decided to start murdering people who he thought were not only gang stalkers, but responsible for false flag attacks, responsible for causing people to go on mass shooting sprees. He went on a mass shooting spree because of gang stalking theory. And I predicted that we were going to see more of that in the future, unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, I've just seen the gang stalking phenomenon become more ingrained in society. We're seeing a lot of that stuff. It's, you know, I, I'd say it's getting close up there to flat earth levels of people who believe that they are being gang stalked, which is really bad. And so we have to look at this here. Is gang stalking contagious? Because that totally changes the game. We're going to take a look at the story of a man, a young father, who, by investigating gang stalking, becomes a victim of it himself. Now, you may go, you know, always there's this thing with gang stalking that there is, and I do this all the time. Well, not on the last episode. I just talked about a lunatic walking around with a gun. But um, listen, there are legitimate gang stalkings, right? People piss off the wrong organized crime group. They are committing crimes or the police think they're committing crimes or the police just don't like the dude and they're watching them. You go to war with the wrong karate dojo and the next thing you know, you're being gang stalked by a bunch of high school students. It does happen, right? You can't Gang stalking, the legal definition is simply being stalked by, I think it's three or more people. There is a definition for it because people do it. Like crime organizations do it. Intelligence organizations do it, law enforcement. So that does happen. We do see that. And you could go, well, Jason, if I was currently being hunted by some street gang and you came to find out if they were really hunting me, of course you're going to be gang stalked. But generally, when we talk about gang stalking, we're talking about the unbelievable stuff. It's interesting because gang stalking victims or, you know, supposed victims, targeted individuals will always go back to the provable ones. And they'll go, well, here's a story about a guy getting gang stalked by the Stockton police. Okay, yeah, that's not what you're complaining about. You're not complaining about the Stockton police gang stalking you. You're saying that it's the predator. This invisible entity is walking through your neighborhood, okay? So so let's not mix the two. The term, you could say, they're both gang stalking, but... Let's take a look at this guy. He goes by the handle Glitch82. We're going to call him Gary. We're going to call him Gary. And if that's your real name, it's just a guess. I don't... Not a gang stalker. This story starts off in the fall of 2020. And Gary, he's an IT consultant. And he gets contacted to do some work for this guy. Now, this his client, we're going to call him Bruce... Bruce said, hey, listen, I know you're an IT guy, and I was wondering if you could figure out what's going on. I believe that I am under surveillance. I believe that someone has put electronic devices in my house, and you're a nerd. Maybe you can figure out how this setup works. Now, Gary was actually up to the challenge for this. One, I think he was getting paid for it, but two, he goes... No one's putting stuff in your house. Because Bruce was saying it was his neighbors. Bruce was saying, I think my neighbors are spying on me. And they've put up all these hidden cameras and recording devices in my house. Can you find them for me? And Gary's like, that's not true, right? That's just not true. Why would your neighbors want to spy on you? But remember, gang-stalking victims 
are so ingrained in the conspiracy theory, even if it doesn't make logical sense, they'll believe it, right? In their mind, that's what's set up. So Gary goes to the house, and he actually uses a Wi-Fi detector. And he's checking the house out, and he cannot find, which is what he thought, he cannot find any hidden cameras. Or non-hidden cameras. It's not like the gang suckers just left a little Sony camcorder right on the mantle and goes, ah, he'll never find this one. He didn't find any cameras, didn't find any recording devices. But Bruce was so paranoid that even though this IT guy is coming out and checking everything out, Bruce actually disassembled parts of his car looking for the hidden microphones and the cameras in his car. Gary's like, dude, this is nuts. Like, I hope you don't expect me to help you put it back together. I don't know nothing about cars. But Gary's doing this work, and then, you know, a little bit of time passes, not too long, and Gary then tries to get a hold of Bruce again, and he can't. He realizes, in short order, Bruce is gone. Not like spooky, not like the neighbors got him, finally. They're like, we're tired of it being recorded. We're going to make you our prisoner in our basement. No, uh, Gary and Bruce actually had a mutual friend, and Gary goes, hey, whatever happened to Bruce? Like, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to pay me, right? He did all that stuff. And and the mutual friend goes, oh, yeah, dude, no, Bruce is gone. He actually, like, sold his house, moved away. He's living with his sister. And he's like, wow, that's weird. But, you know, the, the guy, he's nice enough, but he must have been paranoid. Like, it must have driven him nuts, but... There were no hidden cameras, no hidden microphones anywhere in his house. We're now in the month of October 2020. This is when the situation really ramps up. So shortly before this, we don't have an exact month, August, September, maybe something like that. But once Bruce leaves, now we're in October 2020, Gary feels different now. He says, I began to hear multiple voices in my head, which was not something that had happened previous to this. And what they did was they provided a running commentary on everything he did throughout the day. Now, he doesn't specifically say that it ramped up, like it started off small. I just heard a, Gary, how you doing? Eat that sandwich. Or if he just woke up one morning and it's like the voices, all 10 of them are there. They're like doing a little song and dance. Gary, Gary, what you doing today? We already know because you're crazy. We don't know if it was a slow ramp. I imagine it would be, right? I think if you woke up one morning and you heard 10 different voices, he doesn't specify the number of voices, but there are multiple ones. If you heard a cacophony of voices in your head, if you just woke up and they're like, wake up, wake up. And it's not the radio, it's not your alarm clock. And as you're brushing your teeth, you hear like a don't miss the back tooth like you did yesterday. I would put my toothbrush down and go to the hospital. Like if it started off at a 10, I think you would check yourself in a hospital right away. But if it was a slow buildup, you would try to figure it out. I remember I did that episode a long time ago about hearing phantom music in my apartment. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I hear Post Malone playing, even though when there was no music going on. And what it is, I looked it up. I did research. Like, I let it go for a couple days. And I thought, well, I guess I'm crazy, but maybe I should figure something out. There's a thing called phantom music when you have white noise. It was during summer, so I had all these fans and the air conditioner on. And your brain will try to make sense of it. And I was listening to a ton of Post Malone on Pandora. So it was making Post Malone-esque music in my brain. 
So I did wait a while. <laughs> I'm writing the songs down. I'm like, what? I'm going to be the next Post Malone. I figured it out, right? So I think it's probably a slow ramp up, but we don't get any indication of whether or not it was slow or fast. He basically just jumps to saying there were male and female voices in my head. And not only did they provide a running commentary on what I was doing throughout the day, they could actually see through my eyeballs. I could feel them in my consciousness. This is so creepy. I could feel them in my consciousness looking out of my eyes. And... One of the weirdest things they did, there's a bunch of weird stuff, these voices, it's not just voices for this guy. There's a bunch of weird stuff they do, but one of the weird things they did was they would comment on things before he saw them. Which is weird, because we were just talking about the 15 second delay. They He would hear a voice going, wouldn't eat that banana, it's spoiled. And then he would turn and look, and then he'd see a, a spoiled banana. Told you. So it was really messing with his reality. I, mean, I guess probably just having voices in your head would do that, but they would comment on things before he saw them. And he said, listen, it's this was night and day. From the moment I woke up to the time I fell asleep, it was just all of my senses were under a constant assault. It was just this stimuli, stimuli, stimuli hitting him from every angle. Now this running commentary didn't necessarily make him think that this had anything to do with gang stalking. But it started to bleed into the real world. And that's the whole thing with gang stalking is you start to notice little patterns. Well, there it's not a pattern. It's just random noise, but you pick a pattern out of it. You see, through the course of a day, five different people walk by your house wearing a, a white shirt. And you start to think, it's the people in the white shirts who are watching me. He apparently at one point was picking his nose. This, this, I mean, listen, I know, I know that it might be embarrassing that you got caught picking your nose, especially embarrassing if it's the voices in your head that catch you. But he was picking his nose, and the voices started making fun of him for picking his nose. And then he said later that day, he took his daughter and her friend to Ace Hardware, the place where all kids want to hang out. Dad, can I get a new hammer? It'll be all your whole allowance for this week. He took his daughter and her friend to Ace Hardware, and while they are standing in line to buy something, there is a man behind them, behind this trio, and the man tells Gary's daughter, don't you know it's not polite to pick your nose? So in Gary's mind, that was the voices, that was the gang stalking, that was this moment where this guy in reality was saying something and even though he was saying it to the daughter he was really attacking quote-unquote attacking gary the whole thing about gang stalking the end result is to drive you crazy that's why they just don't break into your house like the police would or like a criminal organization would or something like that the gang stalkers want to slowly drive you crazy so basically this man was saying this not to the daughter or to Gary, we are missing a key piece of evidence. Here was the daughter picking her nose when he said that. Who knows? Did he just hallucinate the man saying that? Who knows? Because at this point, Gary is having full-on hallucinations. At one point, he's walking down the street, and he hears one of the voices in his head say, Turn around. Turn around. And when Gary turned around, standing behind him was Agent Smith from the Matrix Trilogy. 
And then Gary's like, oh, no, no. He's all running for a phone booth. He's like, oh, no, they don't exist anymore. How am I going to get out of here? He turned, and then he did a double take, and it was just an old man with sunglasses on. It was just a balding man with sunglasses on. It wasn't Agent Smith for all you Dimensional Merge fans out there. But he is having these real-life hallucinations. Now, remember, this all started with him being a skeptic of the gang-stalking phenomenon, and he went to this dude's house to prove that gang-stalking wasn't real. But when he's in a 7-Eleven and a woman walks up to him randomly and grabs his arm and goes, It's the Illuminati! And then runs out of the 7-Eleven. I think I'm going to kind of start believing in gang-stalking, right? He's having this string of events. Now, we're talking about only a three-month period. This started in October of 2020, and it ends... On December 28th, 2020, in this time period, all of this stuff happens. And he, the, what could be causing the gang stalking, according to the targeted individuals, is different. Like I said, some people think it's demons. Usually it's not demons. I don't hear that super often. Normally it is the Illuminati or the government or your neighbors, and they're working for an insidious organization. Gary has an interesting take on it. He starts to believe that it's alien. And not for lack of evidence, really, in his mind. right? <laughs> not physical evidence. Don't go running out of this dude's house hoping you can reenact any of this stuff or find actual proof of any of this. But Gary said, I know technology, right? I'm an IT consultant. I understand what is out there and what could be out there. And the technology you would need to beam voices into somebody's head and look through their eyeballs and affect other people around them, getting the person in line behind you to say, hey, picking your nose isn't cool. There's not human technology that's able to do that. Sure, you could probably like give somebody a headache. You could beam some sort of vibration into someone's head. Maybe you could get a whisper in their ear with a, with bleeding edge tech, but to have multiple voices going on in someone's head and being able to see through their eyes and being able to see things before they happen, see things before you see them, that is not human technology. So he starts to think it's aliens. And he said, one day when I'm walking down the street, one of the voices said, look up. And I did... And blocking out a massive chunk of the sky was a huge UFO. So I understand why he would think aliens were doing this. And honestly, that would make more sense than just your neighbors, right? That the aliens are coming after this guy. But the question with all gang stalking is why that person? But it's interesting because Gary walked into this. Right, Gary went in to investigate gang stalking, and now he's realizing he's a victim of this, and this is making him extremely paranoid, obviously. Right, how many voices would have to be in your head before you were afraid something bad was going to happen? This all comes to a head on December 28th, 2020. Gary is running out to jump in his car, he is hit with the most overwhelming, intrusive thought that he is about to be abducted. By aliens. He gets in his car. He takes off. He's flying down the road. At 120 miles per hour. He ends up flipping his car. 
He ended up getting in a car accident. He flips his car, and luck- he he might have suffered other injuries. We tell the car was in shape to go home. Who knows what the injuries that he fully suffered, but he specifically said he broke his hand and two of his fingers were partially amputated. So you have that, right? I, I, doubt, I, I would find it hard to believe that you could survive a hundred... You could survive a 120-mile-per-hour car accident if you just broke your hand and just got a couple of fingers cut off. You'd be the luckiest man in the world. But whether or not... Whether or not this guy ended up in a cast for eight weeks or, or not, we don't know that. But the important part to this is that he gets in this horrible car accident. And, and really, isn't that terrifying? That, I mean, you're on the street with these people, right? Someone's having this paranoid delusion. We're always afraid of drunk drivers or people high on drugs. But then you also just got paranoid people thinking they're outrunning aliens at 120 miles an hour. He's lucky he didn't kill anyone. He lost a couple fingers, and that sucks. But he gets in this car accident, flips the car, he loses a couple fingers, breaks his hand at the very least. And then the weirdest event of this entire saga happens. Everything stops. The voices, the hallucinations, the paranoia, it all just goes away. Since then, he's had no issues with any of this stuff. It just all went away. And he posts this online, and other people were commenting and saying, hey, man, maybe you should go see a doctor. It's interesting. He goes, I did. I went and saw a psychiatrist after this was all over. And I told him the whole story. And, like, was I crazy? And I understand when you're in the middle of the crazy, would you go see a psychiatrist? As far as you know, they're in on the gang stalking. But after it was done, he at December 28th, 2020, is the date he remembers is the day this all ended. He goes, I went and saw the psychiatrist, and... Talked about, you know, was I going crazy? What was going on? And the psychiatrist said, listen, you can have a psychotic episode. Those happen. But generally, they don't just end after some sort of car accident. Right? I mean, that's feasible, possibly, right? But generally speaking, that's not how a psychotic episode ends. And they go, schizophrenia is not a periodic event either. Schizophrenia is not something that you just kind of get over after you flip your car a couple times. So what exactly happened to Gary? He says a long time ago, he he's actually very active in like UFO posts, UFO forums and stuff like that on Reddit. So he is a, he is a fan of, of the paranormal. He's a fan of UFOs and stuff like that. And he mentions in this post, he goes, uh, years ago, I did actually invite aliens. He goes, I really wanted to manifest an alien visit. I wanted to, you know, meet them. I wanted to see what they were all about. And nothing happened. And he goes, could it have been that? Like, he... he, And it's interesting because, see, like I said before, he's a fan. I don't know if he's a fan anymore, but he's a believer in the UFO phenomenon. So his gang stalking took that approach, right? As opposed to someone who's just a conspiracy theorist, theirs will take, you know, it's the local government or it's the school board that's after me, or, you know, CIA. Maybe you're more grandiose of a threat, not just a school board that's beaming messages into your head. But yeah, he goes, could that have been it? Could I have invited the aliens in? And and to, to wrap all of this up, remember the idea here is, is gang stalking contagious? 
at the same time all of this stuff was going on, Gary's girlfriend began to have some experiences as well. She said from time to time she would hear these strange voices coming from his phone. And once they were both in the living room and they heard his phone play the sound of like a record scratch. Now those are easily debunked, right? You can just figure sometimes phones do weird stuff. Sometimes they glitch out. (laughs) I don't know about the strange voices, but the record scratch thing, you know, whatever. That could be a technical thing. But she did start to hear strange voices coming from the phone. His sister-in-law, however, while he was being assaulted by all of these thoughts and these feelings and these visions and everything like that, his sister-in-law also began to suffer from gang-stalking delusions. She started to believe that old classmates of hers, old, old classmates back when they were in school, began using technology to beam messages into her head. And what's weird is even while Gary was struggling with his delusions, he was telling his sister-in-law, listen, why in the world, why in the world would your classmates from a long time ago at school want to beam messages into your head? And if they could, how would they get the technology to do that? It's your classmates. He's like aliens, on the other hand. My delusions are real. But he actually, like, while he was suffering from this mental illness, was able to talk to his sister-in-law and says, just think about it, that doesn't sound plausible. She didn't believe him, right? She knew what she was experiencing, that these classmates were beaming voices into her head. However, shortly after he had this horrible car accident and his delusions just disappeared, hers did as well. Now everyone is back to normal. It's a creepy story, right? It's a creepy story because what it basically says is he just went to disprove this exists. He went to help someone out, right? He says, hey, I'm an IT consultant. I can come over to your house. I can prove that there's no cameras in your house. And because of that, he had three months of unending psychic assault to the point where he almost died. And really, he almost killed somebody. Imagine if he had the kids in the car, or imagine if he barreled down the wrong way of the street, or even the right way. Going 120 miles an hour, you can just rear in someone and destroy them. Could have ended his own life, could have ended somebody else's. Could have walked down the street and started shooting people like that nut job from yesterday. His only sin was that he went to someone's house to disprove it, and it started to spread from him as well. Little bit to his girlfriend, but his sister-in-law began to experience these delusions. Is insanity contagious? I mean, we talk about mass hysteria. We've done a couple episodes on it, but this is something different. This is so alienating. It's the opposite of mass hysteria where everyone's running around the school screaming or everyone's dancing through Europe or whatever form it takes. This is you feel alone. You 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 gang stalking victims suffer it alone, and that's why I think they're so eager to make these communities online, and they just reinforce each other's delusions. It's really really dangerous. But even then, they go back to their own home, and they believe their neighbors or the CIA or the aliens are controlling everyone around them, but them. Is gang stalking contagious? Is the idea that You are being tracked and slowly driven crazy on purpose by a nefarious group or a nefarious group, which would actually be even spookier because it's pronounced correctly. 
it really makes you second guess, right? It really makes you go, if some, one of your friends, basically the moral of the story is if one of your friends is suffering from some sort of mental illness, don't help them because you might catch it too. Somebody just really, really likes eating hair and you're like, here's here, you just throw a list of psychiatrists at them and then run away before you also hunger for the human hair. It's just creepy, right? And gang stalking is so it's so isolating, it's mentally isolating, and it's so dangerous. I think we're just starting to see the tip of how dangerous targeted individuals can become. Is insanity contagious? And if it is, what is the cure? How can you let the clock run out? How could you just sit there and think, this will be over soon, maybe in a couple months? Maybe in a couple months I'll be back to normal when the voices are in your head, when they're in your eyes, when they are haunting you from every angle, from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep. You are under constant psychic assault. How long could you last with that torment building in your head? If the only cure is to wait it out. How many people are strong enough to do that? How many people aren't? How many people will bow to the voices, will listen to the paranoia, will feed into the delusions until it becomes too late for them or for you? An innocent person walking down the wrong street at the wrong time. You thought you were just walking down to the corner store. Little did you know that you wore a white t-shirt that day. You were a gang stalker. You were the enemy. And now, an enemy in a war you didn't even know existed. Until a targeted individual decided to target you. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.